Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the July 12th meeting of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority Board. I am Rafael Mandelman. I chair this board. Our vice chair is Aaron Peskin. Our clerk today is Angela Sow. Um, and then before calling the roll, I want to note that uh, Supervisor Dorsey is not going to be able to join us today, and so I'm going to excuse him if there are no objections. And Madam Clerk, could you? Oh, and I want to thank Michael Baltazar from SFGovTV. And with that, Madam Clerk, could you please call the roll? Yes, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Chan? Present. Chan present. Commissioner um, Dorsey is excused. Uh, Commissioner Mandelman? Present. Mandelman present. Commissioner Marr? Present. Marr present. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar present. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Present. Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan present. Commissioner Safai Safai absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Present. Stephanie present. Commissioner Walton? Present. Walton present. We have quorum. All right. Uh, thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, and I think you have a public comment announcement for us. Yes, thank you. Uh, after take, um, for members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in the Legislative cha Chamber Room 250 in City Hall. Or you may watch cable channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider. Or streaming the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415-655-0001. And when prompted, entering access code 2492 879-3483, and then press pound and pound again. You'll be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star three to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star three again or you will be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise you will be allowed two minutes to speak. When your two minutes are up, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from the members of the public in attendance in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from re remote speakers um, queue on the telephone line. Thank you. All right, uh, thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, before calling the next item, as chair, I am again going to invoke Rule 3.26 from the Rules of Order to limit total public comment per item to 30, mi to 30 minutes for today's meeting. Um, and with that, Madam Clerk, please call the next item. Item 2, final approval and first, on first appearance, approve the resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. This is an action item. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I keep thinking we're going to not need to do this, and then we keep uh, having uh, members of the board who need to take advantage of it. So it um, seems like we should continue making these findings for at least a little bit longer, although it is my hope that we can stop agendizing these resolutions um, sometime soon after the summer recess, but we'll see what the public health situation has to say about it. Um, I do not see any comments or questions from colleagues, so let's open this item to public comment. And there's none in the chamber, so let's see if there's any virtual pub or remote public comment. Checking for a remote public comment on item two. 
and there is no public comment. All right, public comment on item two is closed. Um, and uh, is there a motion to approve item two? Moved by Amar, seconded by Stephanie. Um, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chan? Can I, Commissioner Dorsey's excused, Commissioner Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Um, Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Walton, aye. Uh, the item is, uh, is approved. Great. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Please call item three. Item three, approve the minutes of the June 28, 2022 meeting. This is an action item. Um, don't see any comments or questions uh, from colleagues, Let, and I don't see any public comment in the chamber, so let's see if there, there's any virtual public or remote public comment. Checking for a remote public comment on three. And there is no public comment. Okay, public comment on item three is closed. Is there a motion to approve item three, the minutes? Moved by Peskin, seconded by Preston. Um, and I think we can take that without objection. Same house, same call. All right. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call item four? Item four, Community Advisory Committee report. This is an information item. All right, we are joined in person uh, by CAC Chair John Larson. Vice Chair Peskin and Commissioners, I'm John Larson and I'm the Chair of the Community Advisory Committee here today to report on the CAC's June 22nd virtual meeting. Um, as reflected in your agenda today, the CAC agenda for our meeting was uh, shorter than usual, consisting of three discussion items. Uh, the CAC adopted motion of support for Prop K allocation and appropriation requests that comprise uh, item seven on your agenda. The CAC merely asked for a clarification that the UC students that would be recruited to run community engagement related to the slow DuBose Triangle Study NTIP project would be under the guidance of the DuBose uh, Triangle Neighborhood Association members, and the CAC is looking forward to the results of the outreach and concept designs for this area. Uh, public Works staff was asked about hairline cracks that appear in concrete a frequent public comment related to curb and sidewalk repairs, another part of this request, and whether the quality of the materials used for repairs could be leading to flaws. Uh, DPW staff responded that the specifications for repairs and uh, are consistent and that it may be more cosmetic than structural, but public work staff did say they would commit to examining this issue more closely. Uh, the CAC also adopted a motion of support to accept the Pennsylvania Avenue Extension Project Initiation Report, which is item eight on your agenda. 
The issue of resiliency to rising sea levels and flooding of any tunnel that is constructed was raised as a concern, and even though the preferred option is a tunnel to avoid at-grade surface conflicts with traffic, staff stated that sea level rise will be part of the environmental evaluations in the next phases of the project. Uh, staff also assured the CAC that the PACS project, as it's known, is being coordinated with both the downtown extension and Southeast Rail Station studies through a technical advisory group made up of representatives from all the stakeholder groups in these projects, so that timing of the environmental phase and efforts for future funding would be well coordinated for a seamless uh, uh, corridor of transportation in that area. We also heard a state and federal legislation update, uh, and the CAC also heard a summary, very helpful summary, of, the, of how legislation at the state and federal levels is monitored and the process by which uh, the TA takes a formal uh, support motion for certain types of legislation. And this discussion was particularly uh, helpful for newer members of the CAC. And finally, this will be my last meeting reporting to you as chair of the CAC. I'm leaving the CAC and will no longer be re representing District 7. I have greatly valued the eight-plus years and I've served on the CAC and the over four years that I've chaired the group. Uh, I've been constantly impressed by the knowledge, commitment, and caliber of the community members that have served on this committee. I have also been told by those that have appeared before the TACAC or observed the meetings that this CNC, CAC impresses the observers and others for the depth of questioning and thoughtfulness of the discussion on transportation issues. Now, I can't take any real credit for that because I chair, but I can vouch that these meetings are very in-depth and um, we keep the requesters and the um, project uh, sponsors on their toes. Um, in particular, I'd like to thank former D7 Supervisor Norman Yee, who gave me the opportunity to serve on the CEC when he originally appointed me and subsequently reappointed me throughout the years, and Commissioner Melgar, who did the same recently. I'd also like to personally thank the TA staff for their preparation, expertise, and responsiveness that they bring to the CAC and to the work of the Transportation Authority in general. There are many challenges before you as the TA board in reinvigorating people's trust in a dependable and high-performing transportation system for both the Bay Area and San Francisco in particular, but you will continue to be well-served by the Community Advisory Committee and the committed professionals of the Transportation Authority. And I thank you. Thank, thank you, Chair Larson. I want to um, personally, and on behalf of the board, uh, just extend our great thanks to you for eight years um, of service, four and a half as um, chair. I, you've sort of become, uh, I, when I think of the CAC, I think of you. Um, you have been one of the, the constants of my time on this, on, on the Board of Supervisors and the TA. So, um, and I think, you know, we are, uh, so lucky to have such um, smart and competent people willing to sign up for these um, pretty demanding unpaid volunteer positions where you sift through um, you know all of these materials hear from the public um, really give a lot of thoughtful consideration to um, things that sometimes this board frankly doesn't have as much time for um, and so I you know again want to say thank you so very very much um, and it looks to me like others on the board might also want to say some things so Commissioner Melgar I, 
Thank you so much, uh, Chair Mandelman. Um, I wanted to thank you, Chair Larson, for so ably, professionally representing District 7 and your Miraloma Park neighbors. We, um, are, we have been so, so lucky to have you. Um, you have represented with um, like in-depth in technical knowledge, uh, reading and knowing everything, but also with uh, grace um, and heart. Uh, noticing issues that other folks don't, um, and also um, making sure that our district, which is very underserved uh, with all things transit, um, you know, is able to uh, get what we need. So I thank you so much for all of the time, work, uh, and effort that you have spent on the CAC and chairing, which is a whole other thing, uh, to herd the cats and uh, make sure that um, people are treated, like you said, uh, with professionalism and respect and that, you know, things keep moving efficiently. So thank you so much for your service. You're welcome. Uh, Commissioner Ronan. I just wanted to echo my colleagues. Um, you know, it's, these are volunteer positions uh, that uh, mean that your dedication to San Francisco and to making our public transit system, um, you know, world class uh, is so deep and so profound that you're willing to do it for eight years. It's extraordinary. Uh, it's always just such a pleasure to hear from you and, and uh, how you run your committee and get feedback from the public and from the rest of uh, our representatives that we appoint to this committee. It just, I just wanted to echo the appreciation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Walton. Thank you, Chair Mandelman. And I just want to, again, extend my thanks. Uh, when we have positions like this, sometimes they're very hard to fill because they're time-consuming. People have lives. And the fact that you have served in this capacity for years um, and, does, and done it with enthusiasm, uh, making sure that I's are dotted and, and T's are crossed. I really want you to know how much we appreciate your work and your service, your commitment. You will be missed um, because it is hard to fill voids for positions where they're st strictly volunteer and very time consuming. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Commissioner Walton, uh, Commissioners Ronan and Melgar. And then, uh, so, oh, yes. <laughs> Director Chang. Thank you, through the chair. Yeah. Um, chair Larson, on behalf of staff, I also want to uh, appreciate you and thank you so much for being our longest serving CAC chair oh, at the Transportation Authority. There's a historical <laughs> element to today. Um, and really, yeah, I, we all appreciate how thoughtfully, carefully, and skillfully, you know, you handled all of the items that we asked you to bring to the CAC and to accommodate your colleagues, often many requests for information items and balancing that with all the work that we felt we needed to also get through the CAC. I know that the board relies upon your report every month and listens carefully and takes all of that input so, so much into account and it gives them great confidence to act on their items when they know that it's gone through uh, the CAC under your leadership. And then finally, on behalf of our staff, particularly our Chief Deputy Maria and Anna Lafort, our policy and programming, who you worked so closely with, but really all of us, uh, we, we are so grateful for your time and for your uh, careful and thoughtful and, and again, uh, wonderful, really, uh, leadership over the last eight years, and we will miss you very much. Thank Likewise, you. Likewise, thank you so much. Thank you.
you, Director Chang. So, um, Director Chang and I have done up a little uh, certificate of recognition oh. for you, Chair Larson, and I, what I would like to do is invite you to come into the well and have the whole um, TA board uh, gather, and we can do a photograph. <laughs> you get to, there you go. <laughs> You're not in my way, you're not in my way at all. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody stay seated, please. Okay, beautiful, thank you. Thank you. Um, with that, Madam Clerk, please call item five. Item five, appoint one member to the Community Advisory Committee. This is an action item. Is this, is, this is Jill Jaffe, Council. Just briefly before we take item five, can you please go over public comment on item four? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Thank you. That is some Thank good, you, Chair. good lawyering. Uh, do we have public comment on item four? Checking for a remote public comment on item four. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begin now. Good morning. Uh, Chair Mandelman, Commissioner Roland Brand San Jose. Um, I'd like to very briefly um, echo your comments and Director Cheng's comments, who were so much more eloquent than I could ever be. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item four is closed. Now, uh, let's go to item five. Item five, um, appoint one member to the, do, do, should I read that again? I don't remember, go ahead. Okay, appoint one member to the Community Advisory Committee. This is an, I'm sorry, appoint one member to the Community Advisory Committee. This is an action item. All right, and now I think we have Mike Pickford um, online. There he is. Good morning, uh, I'm Mike Pickford. The Transportation Authority has an 11 member Community Advisory Committee with each member serving a two year term. The board appoints individuals to fill any open seats. Neither staff nor the CAC make recommendations on appointments. Applicants must be San Francisco residents and must appear before the board at least once to describe their interest and qualifications. Attachment two in the packet is a list of applicants and the enclosure has detailed information on each applicant. The vacancy under consideration today is due to the resignation of District 7 Representative John Larson, who uh, you just heard from, um, effective June 13th. Um, and I wanted to add that District 10 and District 8 are also seeking candidates who would be considered at future meetings. Applicants should see www.sfcta.org for information on how to apply. 
I can take any questions and Chair Mandelman, I believe at least one District 7 applicant, Sarah Bars, is here to speak to her qualifications. Uh, sorry, before we go on, I, I forgot to mention that we received one public comment on this item and it has been posted to our website. Okay. Um, and do we have Sarah Bars on, online? In person? Hello. Uh, good morning, Chair Mandelman and Commissioners. I see that I have big shoes to fill on serving on the CAC if I am appointed. Um, my name is Sarah Bars. I am a Sunnyside resident and in District 7, and I am a mother and an enthusiastic supporter of active transportation. I am also the mayor of Slowhurst, and I co-founded Friends of Slowhurst, the volunteer group that organizes events and champions our District 7 Slow Street. I live on Hearst Avenue, and I use our slow street every day with my son. Uh, generally, I rely on biking, Muni, or BART to get around the city, but my household does own a car. Um, I am also a transportation professional. Previously, I have worked for the Metropolitan Transportation Commission. Um, I worked on the Clipper card, and I also worked on the uh, Clipper Start program, the low-income uh, transit fare subsidy program. And fun fact, I was also an intern at the SFCTA in 2015. In addition to being a mom of a six-month-old, I work as a product manager and I serve on the board of Seamless Bay Area. Um, I'm a volunteer with KidSafe SF and I'm a member of the Ocean Avenue Mobility Task Force. If appointed to the Citizens Advisory Committee, I am committed to representing the unique transportation interests of District 7 and championing the interests that, uh, of families and trying to make our transportation system more sustainable and equitable. Thank you. Great. Um, thank you, Ms. Bars. Um, let's open this item to public comment. I don't think there's any in the chamber. Uh, oh. Uh, Supervisor or Commissioner Melgar, did you want to? Looks like you did. Okay. Well, I, I'm since this is the first time I've done this, I don't know if there are other applicants who wanted so to speak. We can take public comment. Okay. Yeah. I don't think there are, but um, we'll find out. Okay. I would like to uh, speak about Sarah Bars after public after public comment. comment. Okay. Um, uh, so l let's see if there's any remote public comment. Checking for remote public comment on item five. And there is no public comment. Okay, so public comment on item five is closed. And now, Commissioner Melgar. Uh, thank you, uh, Chair Mandelman. So I uh, recommended Sarah Bars for this uh, position. Uh, I have gotten to know her um, through uh, all of the efforts in the neighborhood around uh, Slowhurst, uh, but also the larger uh, Sunnyside transportation issues that we have. Sunnyside has a commercial corridor, Monterey Avenue. Um, it's on a hill uh, with multiple um, intersections that are dangerous uh, with uh, uh, stop signs that could be better, you know, speeding uh, that uh, goes rampant. Um, and Sarah has always uh, impressed me, uh, not just because of her technical knowledge and commitment to safe streets, but also because she is someone who uh, listens to her neighbors, uh, even when they disagree with her. And I uh, think that that is a really important part of uh, public service. And uh, I um, have been impressed with her advocacy around um, 
pedestrian safety and bicycling, um, but also her commitment to our Ocean Avenue um, uh, transit uh, study efforts uh, that the CTA is currently leading. So I um, know that some of you or all of us received a letter supporting her from uh, Zach Deutschgross from the Transit Riders Union, uh, and I am really uh, pleased that we are considering her today. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Melgar. I don't see any other colleagues uh, with comments. So, um, Commissioner Melgar, would you like to uh, move the appointment of Sarah Bars to the CAC? Yes, I'd like to make a motion that we appoint Sarah Bars to the CAC. Okay. Um, and there's a second from Commissioner Ronan. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Um, Commissioner Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. Uh, we have uh, approval. Great. Um, congratulations and thank you, Ms. Bars. Um, Madam Clerk, please call our next item. Item six, state and federal legislation update. This is an action item. And I think we have uh, <coughs> Mark Watts remotely and we have Amber Crabb right here. That's correct. Uh, uh, we'll let Mark uh, address you first. Thank you. Uh, Chair Mandelman and commissioners, appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Um, I'm going to give you a brief overview of the state budget as well as update you on several bills of, of note that you've already taken positions on. So uh, before I do that, I wanted to uh, briefly uh, describe where we are in the legislative process. Uh, this point in July, we have six weeks left until the legislature adjourns. Um, the summer recess began July 1st and ends on August 1st. And the first two weeks of August will be consumed with uh, fiscal committee bills, uh, appropriations committees. And the last two weeks will be uh, for action in both houses with the adjournment on the 31st. Uh, very exciting period of time the last couple of weeks um, with the transportation package that was included in the updated budget. Thank you, that looks a little bit better. Uh, the original budget was adopted in time to meet the constitutional deadline and it ratified a deal in between the two houses of the legislature. The budget, um, additional budget items that were approved in the last week of June and the first uh, days of July by the governor represented the agreement between all three parties and uh, we were, it was very welcome to see and very gratifying to see that the governor and the legislature arrived at an understanding that had gotten in the way of transportation funding last year by approving $4.2 billion, the remaining Proposition 1A funds for the high-speed rail authority. Uh, it included uh, language that would uh, prioritize the construction of the Merced and Bakersfield segment and also create an Office of Independent uh, uh, Inspector General. Uh, to improve the governance of the authority. So that opened the door to increasing uh, 
expenditures for transportation, mainly transit and related programs. Uh, an additional $10.8 billion is committed over this year and the following two years, um, of which 5.4 was appropriated uh, for the current year. Uh, this includes a billion dollars for active transportation augmentation, uh, $350 million for uh, high priority grade separation projects. And a very important uh, addition was $200 million in funding for local climate uh, adaptation planning and projects. There are other elements, and I just briefly described that for transit, uh, the funding amounted to $3.65 billion in the current year. Roughly, well, not roughly, 55% of it is for Southern California projects and 45% in the North. In the North, that translates into $1.5 billion. And within each of the, the two uh, regions, there is a set aside of at least $900 million for priority projects for which additional state funding would help secure federal fundings. Very important element. Um, there's also uh, $50 million of set aside for development of future projects that could eventually qualify and get into the federal pipeline. And I'm pleased to say that I work very closely with DC at their request and with uh, Assembly Member or Senator Cortese's office in developing a couple of those components, including the $150 million. And it's uh, gratifying to see that that was approved. Uh, I think there's a lot more detail I could go into, but I think you've got the rough overview of the budget. Very satisfying, and uh, it'll very much improve the mobility of uh, Californians in the coming years. Um, in terms of uh, budget, I'm sorry, a bill update, uh, there is one recommended uh, addition, a new support position for Assembly Bill 1938. That's in your table. Uh, the bill previously was going to or had included language that dealt with the creation of a transit and inner city rail recovery task force. Uh, instead, that because of an issue that arose about um, AB 43 from last year, which dealt with uh, traffic engineering studies, the author um, amended the bill to deal with this. Uh, and and, and uh, the, the language that's now in the bill is being recommended for support. It allows um, clarify the points at which a local authority may lower the speed limit below that indicated by an engineering study. So very important. It's in line with the Vision Zero strategy and the staff is recommending that uh, you adopt the support position as this bill heads into its final stretch. Um, in addition, there's a couple of updates. Uh, Assembly Bill 455, which you'd taken a support position on, uh, originally was the uh, uh, transit-only traffic lane authorization bill. It's been amended now to be more of a study bill requiring Caltrans data and uh, transit operators to establish speed and reliability performance tar targets for buses traveling eastbound and westbound through the Bay Bridge corridor. And a report would be required. Uh, and we're not recommending a change in the position. The other position uh, is a watch. And this was a very interesting bill to watch go through the process. Mr. Ting's AB 2594 uh, has a whole brand new uh, suite of provisions that deal in reforming roadway and bridge totally 
taxes in California. It's a very sweeping new measure. Uh, it'll help make it easier for driver access transponders and also address equity concerns uh, that, that have emerged in the toll evasion penalty process. Um, so there's no change in recommendation, but that bill has been improved, I believe. Um, and finally, uh, Amber Crab, it will pro provide an overview and an update on the Seamless Transit Transformation Act, um, SB 917 by Senator Becker. And I'll stop at that point. Thank you, Mr. Watts. Uh, Ms. Crab. Uh, good morning, Chair and Commissioners. Amber Crab, I'm the Public Policy Manager at the Transportation Authority. So, um, uh, in May, Senate Bill 917, which is Senator Becker, uh, was a subject of discussion and uh, a number of questions and concerns came up and Chair Mandelman has requested that we return with additional information. I'm happy to report that Assembly, or I'm sorry, Senator Becker has landed on what we believe will be a finer, final version of the bill after a lot of negotiation among the bill sponsor, which is Seamless Bay Area, um, transit operators, as well as the Metropolitan Transportation Commission. So the bill has been amended to address a lot of the concerns and the major issues that transit operators uh, had previously had with the bill. And as a result, um, we understand that many of them are no longer considering an opposed position on it. So as amended, we, we generally feel that the bill um, does better at meeting the do no harm principle and threshold that I think we were trying to get to. However, there are some um, opportunity costs that will need to be considered during implementation, which I'll get into in a little bit. Okay, I'm having trouble with the slides. So I'll just go ahead. The, the slides really just provided a high level um, summary and with additional detail in the staff memorandum. So the bill as currently written would establish a regional transit coordinating council uh, of transit operators that would, and it would assign it responsibilities along with the Metropolitan Transportation Commission. It would, it would still require compliance with the various policies that would be developed. However, um, and if operators didn't comply, it could potentially result in the loss of state transit assistance funding that is um, uh, delivered by formula or allocated by formula by MTC to operators and typically used for transit operations. Um, the bill as amended does say that transit operators shall make every effort to uh, comply with the bill, but does introduce a process um, if the operator can demonstrate that it would result in service cuts or um, fare increases that they can re request an exception um, that MTC uh, could grant. And they wouldn't have to comply at that point. So specific components of the bill, the first is an integrated transit fare structure, and this would be developed by the Regional Transit Coordinating Council in consultation with MTC, and it would have to be effective by July 1st, 2024. It would have to include uh, common definitions for pass types, so, so things like adult passes, uh, senior Sorry, passes, um, and other. Could, could SFGovTV Thank you so much. Okay, great, thank you very much. Actually, that's not coming out right I'll, on the screen. 
Okay, I'll go ahead and just talk through it. Uh, so in addition to the past types, it would also include uh, no-cost local transfers and then reduced cost transfers between local and regional services. It um, would require at least a one-year pilot, and the Metropolitan Transpor Transportation Commission has identified funding for that first year. But if additional funding was identified, it could be extended for up to three years. Um, and then finally, it would require the development of a cost estimate for a comprehensive uh, regional transit fare structure and fund that if the pilot, um, if funding is identified. So the second component is a connected network plan and this would be developed by MTC in consultation with the transit operators and would require um, the identification and adoption of a number of factors by December 31st, 2025. That would include the definition of regional corridors and hubs, um, service standards and uh, funding needs. It would also, uh, another factor is a regional transit mapping and wayfinding system that must be developed and implemented by January 1st, 2026, uh, developed by the Metropolitan Transportation Commission and would also have to include a funding plan for the, uh, for the system. And then finally, uh, would require open data standards uh, for barrier-wide uh, real-time transit information. Okay. Okay, so um, with respect to the specific questions that came up in May, as amended, we uh, believe the integrated um, transit fare structure and transfer policies would be subject to funding by MTC. So MTC, as I said, has uh, approved funding for at least one year of the pilot. And uh, one of the potential opportunity costs that we're keeping an eye out for is the question of where the additional funding would come from. So it's a question of, um, you know, whether it would otherwise be used for transit operations, a question of what San Francisco share would be. So um, something that uh, will be kind of determined as, as the um, program is implemented. Then also, as stated previously, uh, transfer or uh, transit operators would have the opportunity to opt out with the approval of MTC. And uh, if, if the policies would lead to fare increases, or service cuts. And as written now, the bill has specific provisions that would maintain the rights and responsibilities of transit operators, as well as home rule um, authority for charter cities like San Francisco. And then finally, there is specific language in there allowing for jurisdictions and operators to implement benefits above and beyond what is included in the legislation, such as additional um, fare subsidies. So um, as stated earlier, uh, there are additional opportunity costs that will have to be considered. So in addition to where will the funding come from, uh, the question of who will benefit from investing millions in cross-regional uh, connectivity improvements compared to um, other investment in operations such as for uh, additional uh, shorter local trips. Uh, a question of, you know, especially in the time when operators are facing COVID-related fiscal cliffs, uh, could the funding be used to uh, help, uh, help relieve that? Um, and then also uh, other uses of the funding could include things like uh, additional means-based fare programs or increased transit service for low-income and transit-dependent users. 
Another factor that we'll be working with MTC and the Regional Transit Coordinating Council on would be to make sure that San Francisco isn't ultimately disadvantaged in the formula calculations for how funding is distributed and the subsidy related to the fair um, the fair and transfer policies, and this would be making sure that the costs are fairly evaluated and the distribution formula is, is sufficient to cover, um, to really reflect the costs. And then among other considerations, we also want to ensure that the subsidies that San Francisco already have in place are factored into any other formulas so that, and applied across all op operators so that San Francisco isn't effectively um, subsidizing jurisdictions that haven't made similar investments over the years. So um, I'm happy to answer any questions, and I believe remotely I'm also joined by Diana Hammond uh, at MTA. And so uh, with that, uh, just uh, I conclude my remarks. Thank you, Ms. Crabb. Um, Commissioner Melgar. Thank you, uh, Chair Mandelman. Thank you for that very thorough uh, analysis. I just had a question. Mm -hmm. um, and so besides the funding to the individual agencies, is there any um, incentive for uh, collaboration? Um, you know, even though we always say, oh, it's a funding, sometimes or oftentimes it's not <laughs> just funding, <laughs> it's an issue of like mission, vision, values. Uh, so is there anything that would, um, you know, incentivize on a sort of carrot <laughs> kind of approach to to that kind of collaboration thank you for the question and and I think the key to a lot of this is the establishment of the regional transit coordinating council because it is uh, on it will sit not just transit operators from around the region but also MTC so it's really where they're going to be able to get into the nuts and bolts of um, how the how the any additional funds are distributed um, and then I think, it, you know, the funding that has been identified already is somewhat of an incentive in that it at least is covering costs. And I think everyone is working toward the same goal. We want to see a more connected regional transit system. So I think it's, it's, it's great that there is some funding in place to move these important um, provisions forward uh, and, and allowing, you know, Allowing for future, if the subsidies aren't there, allowing operators to be able to uh, take care of their own riders and make sure that they're not having to cut service, I think is maybe not a carrot, but it's, it's a good um, safety net for the operators. All right, uh, let's open this item to public comment. And I do not see any in the chamber, so let's see if we have remote public comment. Checking for remote public comment on item six. And there is no public comment. Okay, public comment on item six is closed. This is an action item. Is there a motion to approve item six? Moved by Mar, seconded by Safai. Uh, thank you. Um, and I think we can take that without objection. Same house, same call. Um, Madam Clerk, please call our next item. Um, yes, and just to be clear, item six was approved. Yes. 
Um, item seven, allocate $17,739,152 in Prop K funds with conditions and appropriate $307,000 for seven requests. This is an action item. Ms. Lafort. Good morning, Commissioners. Anna Lafort, Deputy Director for Policy and Programming at the Transportation Authority. Um, I am prepared to share my slides, SFGTV, thank you. All right, so the requests before you today include a request from BART for um, just over $1.2 million to um, leverage Measure RR funds approved by um, the voters, including San Francisco voters who helped approve it in 2016, to mitigate the impacts of water damage in the um, what is known as the M line, that is the BART line that goes through San Francisco, and it would uh, replace, or I'm sorry, it would it would allow for um, currently water seeps in in the steel line tunnel sections via the joints between the segments and through the cracks in the segments that are constructed out of concrete, and so these repairs will increase safety and reliability of FERBART operations. This next request is from the SFMTA, and this is the annual funding that is provided from the Prop K sales tax program for paratransit operations. Um, paratransit is the only operating program in, in the Prop K program and has been um, provided since the original sales tax passed in 1989. So this funding will support both ADA and non-ADA services. So these include sedan taxi, ramp taxis and vans, group vans to senior centers, um, shuttles, and, um, and as well as the pre-scheduled trips for, um, for group van services. The amount that Prop K is, that we are providing today is um, slightly more than the funding that had been provided um, previously. We bumped up the amount of sales tax funds from about $10 million per year um, to the $13.3 million over the next couple of years, and this was approved by the board in the uh, Prop K strategic plan update in December of 2021. 20, uh, and this was to provide stability to this critical program during the pandemic, as we were worried that other sources of revenues that MTA relies on to fund paratransit had been, had been seriously impacted by the budget. And so it's an operating budget expenditure. And so we, um, we're still seeing things um, recovering to pre-pandemic levels. And we wanted to ensure that this particular program was fully funded. Street repair and cleaning equipment. This is a request from the Department of Public Works. It is a funding request that we um, provide on an annual basis to replace vehicles that have reached the end of their useful lives and to replace them with um, Air Resource Board compliant um, emission standards. And these are some of the examples of the types of equipment that would be purchased. These are for cleaning and street repair. This next request is also something that we see on an every year basis, and this is for public sidewalk and curb repair. Um, this is to fund about 560 locations throughout the city. Currently, there is a backlog of over 1,700 
repair requests in the city and those locations are broken down by district in your packet, in your materials and for folks watching at home in the enclosure to the packet. Um, the, the new locations that um, are identified on an ongoing basis, they continuously become priorities as a result of ongoing inspections from public works, daily complaints, and reports of trip and fall accidents. So the locations that are currently on this repair list may change due to higher need locations that aren't. Um, aren't on that list right this moment, but DPW has the flexibility um, for an expedited basis, especially if there's a potential significant impact to pedestrian access or um, the highest likelihood of generating claims against the city. And for folks watching at home, you can request a um, sidewalk repair at, um, by calling 311. And just to point out, this is for the tree, this is for the non-tree related damage to sidewalks. The tree related damage to sidewalks is funded by the Prop E general fund set aside, which funds street tree maintenance as well as maintenance of sidewalks that are damaged by street trees. This next request is also related um, to the Prop E passage. So this is a category in the Prop K expenditure plan for tree maintenance and planting. Since the passage of Prop E in 2016, which is the general fund set aside for tree maintenance, um, Public Works has requested these funds for planting only. And so going forward in this coming year, this would plant about 660 trees and pay for the weekly watering over the first three years of a tree's life, which is a, a, a more frequent um, establishment period for watering. And um, DPW is basing its uh, priorities on a canopy, a tree canopy survey that was done several years ago for what parts of the city have the least canopy cover and empty basins that are ripe for planting. And so these, these funds will pay for plantings in the Bayview, Hunters Point area, Tenderloin, and Soma. The next two requests are neighborhood program requests from the Transportation Authority. This request is for Slow DeBose Triangle and at the request of Chair Mandelman, um, we are advancing this request to fund community workshops and developing concepts for what is being called Vision Slow Triangle. Um, which would include traffic calming and public realm improvements. The work would be done with some UC Berkeley graduate students who have already done work on sustainability and public space activation and walkability and mobility. Um, and so we are looking forward to seeing the work that's done over the summer and recommendations that emerge from the plan. And for the next request, I'll invite Rachel Hyatt, our deputy for planning, to speak to the District 1 neighborhood program request. Good morning, Commissioners. Yes, uh, Rachel Hyatt, Deputy for Planning. This is a request from District 1, um, Commissioner Chan's office for a community-based neighborhood transportation planning effort. This will be a multimodal uh, in scope. So during the scoping process, we know that there's interest from the community and everything from transit service planning and transit reliability and, and um, transit um, uh, uh, priority and features um, supporting um, transit stops and transit access. We know there's also interest in um, pedestrian safety and traffic calming and um, ac pedestrian access. And we also have heard that there's interest in 
things like supporting electric vehicle and bicycle um, uh, shifts and um, modes. So this will be a community-based process, so we'll work with the community to prioritize um, among locations and among types of improvements and ultimately recommend back to the board. We will bring back the final report to the board for adoption, um, projects that can be moved on to implementation through the NTIP capital funding process and, and other funding uh, streams. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that concludes my presentation. All right. Uh, Commissioner Chan. Thank you, uh, Chair Mandelman. Um, I just want to thank uh, TA staff and definitely want to thank Ms. Hyatt for um, not only working with our office, but also working with our constituents. Um, I want to say that this study and the goals of this studies were actually um, feedback collected uh, from our um, uh, constituents and especially those actually sitting on uh, different CAC representing District 1 so that they all bring different perspective and the goal is really to um, I think Ms. Hyatt's already summarized really well is really to think about how do we um, increase public transit uh, accessibility how do we make sure that you know um, uh, bike connectivity in District 1 as well as pedestrian safety um, and then of course not last but not least but the future the future of electric vehicle to really making sure that you know in the events that people you know cannot utilize uh, public transit uh, or even bike and, and walking around and they they have to resort to um, private driving or private vehicle <coughs> and driving around can we actually offer them an option that is really uh, sustainable and environmental friendly. I think those goals are equally important. Uh, they're not one, you know, without the other. So I really appreciate the TA staff. Um, and of course, I just also want to uh, always thank my predecessors like Supervisor Fewer, who really already have made progress with Fulton Safety Improvement Project, you know, Anza Street Bike Lanes and the Guerrero Boulevard Bike Lanes. They really were been successful and but we just need to do more um, in District One and and especially around our neighborhood commercial corridor. So thank you um, TA team and thank you Ms. Hyatt and thank you Chair Mendelman. Thank you Commissioner Chan, Commissioner or Vice Chair Peskin. <coughs> thank you Chair. Uh, last year together with a number of you colleagues, uh, Supervisors Mandelman, Safai, and Mar, I held two hearings on um, the state of our urban canopy uh, and our tree planting goals and metrics um, and the tree planting plan, something I think we all subscribe to. Uh, and um, I wanted to uh, express some concerns that both came out of that hearing and I've continued to monitor uh, the, um, our successes and failures, uh, particularly around the planting of new trees. Um, and I have noted, um, as we heard in those hearings, that there are a number of the new trees that we plant that don't receive proper watering in their first three years and shockingly then die uh, and in delving down into that, uh, trees are planted in three ways, directly by public works and by contractors that they engage with 
one doing, I think, arguably better than the other, Friends of the Urban Forest on the one hand and Clean City Coalition on the other. Uh, and I am troubled, I'm sorry to say, that uh, the Clean City Coalition's watering regimen has not been as up to snuff as it otherwise ought to be, uh, resulting in tree mortality. So um, this measure before us for $1.55 million mentions Friends of the Urban Forest, but and no uh, disrespect to staff um, who subsequently have informed me that indeed uh, Public Works intends to distribute this money between Friends of the Urban Forest and the Clean City Coalition, albeit that is not only Friends of the Urban Forest is mentioned, I believe, in the documents that are before us. I would like to respectfully request colleagues, um, and we can talk to our staff and Public Works staff about this, that it be limited to subventions to Friends of the Urban Forest or planted by public work, planted and watered by Public Works employees, but given the track record of late by this Clean City Coalition, that funds not be uh, distributed to them for the purpose of planting these 600 plus trees primarily in the Tenderloin neighborhood. So, and that's just based on performance, nothing else. Thank you, Chair Mandelman. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Peskin, um, and well, uh, maybe staff can think about uh, whether we need to pull this piece out and think about it or just make a change here or um, uh, Commissioner Melgar. Um, okay, thank you so much, uh, Chair Mandelman. I just wanted to say thank you so much to uh, staff for the inclusion of the increase in the uh, paratransit um, allocation. I know that this is something that the community requested. Um, uh, we, I was uh, very lucky to have uh, been in communication with uh, Joni Van Ryn from Miraloma, who was very active um, in this conversation. Um, and there are so many seniors uh, in District 7 uh, who live up the hill, who rely on paratransit. So uh, having the foresight to see um, that uh, other funding streams were dwindling and trying to uh, make up for it through these, uh, through Prop K funds is, is really just great. Thank you so much for taking care of our seniors and disabled. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Melgar. Um, Commissioner Safai. No clean city from the work they do in my district. They're a District 11 based small contractor. I actually think they do good work. Um, I see them out in District 11. We've planted more trees than any other part of San Francisco in the last few years. We've planted over 2,000 trees. They're the main waterer and contractor. And so I think they do stellar work. Um, if there's some improvement that needs to happen, I'm happy to work with Supervisor Peskin and the TA to ensure they have the right support that they have. But they're actually, uh, I actually saw the Owner. It's a female-run business. I saw her the other night and was just commending her actually on the tremendous work that they do in the community. So um, maybe we can have further conversations about that. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Safai. Um, and I'd be happy if we want to pull this 1.55 out and continue that item to the next 
thing and we can have a candid conversation with Public Works about whether our trees are properly getting watered. It, it seems like if um, the will of this board is to do something about this, I would rather pull it out and continue it for a week than try to make the change on the fly here um, would be my preference, although we'll see what the what the body wants to do. Um, so let's open this item to public comment. I don't see any in the chamber. And um, then let's see what we've got going on remotely. Looking for remote public comment on item seven and a reminder to press star three if you would like to give public comment. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Great. Good morning, Chairman and Commissioners. This is Brian Hogsman. I'm the advocacy and policy manager at Walk San Francisco. I uh, just wanted to speak quickly in support of two requests um, before you. First, I really want to thank Commissioner Chan for putting forward this District 1 multimodal transportation study. You know, we really support planning efforts that can address pedestrian safety and traffic safety in general on more of District 1's high entry corridors that regularly put people at risk. Uh, we, we saw the news last week that the California Street Safety Project brought down injury crashes by almost two-thirds, uh, 64%, even with the same amount of traffic, and uh, we know that safe streets are possible. And it, it's great to see that, you know, we have both the goal of street safety, um, but it's also coupled with improving transit. We know that these both have to go hand in hand and won't have safe streets without reliable and fast transit um, in District 1. And just also wanted to share our support of allocating uh, funds for public uh, sidewalk and curb repair. Um, you know, a sidewalk that can have every single other upgrade to make it accessible and comfortable can immediately become um, inaccessible when it's damaged by serious cracks in the pavement. You know, every single one of those blocks um, that are in the packet today, you know, for a person who's using a device like a wheelchair or a mobility scooter can become a block that is completely impassable, uh, limiting where people can actually go on their own. And for older adults especially, you know, those cracks can be uh, a tripping hazard that leads to a, a serious injury that impacts how a person can get around um, on their own by, uh, for months um, or, or even longer. And we really want to thank Community Living Campaign for raising this issue continuously and, and pushing for a greater focus and investment on uh, cracked sidewalks for years. Uh, asking for your support of these two um, investments of Prop K funding. Thanks so much. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. Um. All right, public comment on this item is closed. Um, well, colleagues, I do not feel prepared to figure out who's doing what around watering and whether it makes sense to be pulling uh, one of these nonprofits out um, on of the, the tree planting and establishment item. So I am thinking that we should let staff and commissioners who have strong opinions and those of us who want to educate ourselves about the issues have a little bit of time to do this. Um, and so I guess what I would ask for, unless people hate this idea, is a motion to approve um, all of these uh, Prop K allocations with the exception of the tree planting and establishment, which we would ask staff to bring back to us in whatever, at our next meeting. Does that seem okay? That uh, Vice Chair Peskin is a second. Um, is so, all right, I've, I've moved it. It's been seconded. Do we want to talk about it at all? Uh, just to be clear, we are um, voting to amend the item? or it, We're moving uh, everything forward except 
tree planting and establishment. Sever the uh, tree planting item. Yes. Okay. People have other, okay. All right, so uh, it has been, a motion has been made and seconded, and I think we can move that without objection, same house, same call. All right, so that motion passed, uh, and we will look forward to getting, um, getting tree planting and establishment back uh, at, our next, at our next TA board meeting. All right, thanks everybody. Uh, Madam Clerk, could you please call item eight? Item eight, accept the Pennsylvania Avenue extension project initiation report. This is an action item. Oh, yeah. and uh, we have received one public comment on this item and it has been posted to our website. Okay. Um, Deputy Director Waldman, do we have you online? I think we do. Perfect. There you are. Uh, hello. Hello. Good morning, Chair Mandel. Can you hear me? Can you see the slides? We can, and we can see your slides. Tell us Perfect. about Pennsylvania Avenue Extension. Yes. Um, so I am here today to present the project initiation report for the Pennsylvania Avenue Extension project. Um, this we will um, in this we will go over um, why the project was conceptualized, the purpose of the project, and key outcomes from the project initiation phase. We will also cover the alternatives we studied and our recommendations for next steps. The Pennsylvania Avenue Extension project was initiated as a result of the 2018 Rail Yard Alignment and Benefit Study, also known as the RAB study, which was led by the San Francisco Planning Department. The RAB study, study identified the city's preferred alignment for the Caltrain corridor, recommending a tunneled extension south from DTX um, to Cesar Chavez. The PAC's alignment served as the foundation for the alternatives carried forward in our project initiation study here. The planning department has also advanced the Southeast Rail Station Study in parallel to our PACS project, which has examined options for future Caltrain stations um, within the broad Southeast quadrant of the city. The purpose of this PACS project is to grade separate Caltrain rail traffic at Mission Bay Drive and 16th Street before increased train traffic causes substantial impacts to transit, pedestrian, and bicycle and vehicular movements. The undergrounding of the tracks will increase connectivity between the various neighborhoods adjacent to the rail corridor, working to tie communities back together. The grade separations will improve pedestrian, bike, and vehicular safety on the surface streets while also improving Caltrain's operational efficiency. Undergrounding and grade separating will also reduce congestion, noise, among other factors. The project initiation process collected and analyzed data on rail operations, geotechnical conditions, environmental constraints, traffic impacts, right-of-way impacts, and utilities. The study developed and used an evaluation framework to qualitatively analyze a range of potential alternatives for the project. We have identified three feasible alternatives with two of these um, having variations on the tunnel construction methodology. The alternatives are estimated to range in cost between two and 2.5 billion, exclusive of potential 22nd Street station relocation or upgrade costs if those were to be required. The study also explored technical challenges related to interfacing with the future DTX and rail yards 
um, redevelopment projects, as well as the constrained urban conditions surrounding the project area in general. Alternative A is the long alternative, consistent with the broad alignment first considered by the RAB study. It is a tunnel boring machine or TBM alignment that would be extended south from the DTX rail yards interface at the north to Cesar Chavez Street. Alternative B is a medium length TBM alignment with an interface near the existing 22nd Street station. Finally, alternative C is a split tunnel approach with northbound trains using a cut and cover tunnel beneath the existing Caltrain alignment and the southbound trains using a 26 foot diameter TBM tunnel along Pennsylvania Avenue with an interface near the existing 22nd Street station. This slide shows alternative A1 as a sample profile of the tunnel. The cross-section profile on the lower part of the slide shows the complex geotechnical conditions that the tunnel must navigate through between the 4th and Townsend station at the north terminus and the tie-in at Cesar Chavez. The project initiation report includes um, diagrams for the other alternatives, so you can reference those there if you are interested. They are similar to this one. This slide summarizes the benefits and challenges of each alternative. Alternative A1 and A2 both result in the most improved rail operations and have the least surfaced impacts. However, they would require the replacement of the 22nd Street station, increasing project costs significantly. Alternative B1 and B2 allow for continued use of the 22nd Street station, but would require multiple excavation methods, making the project more complex. Alternative C allows for the use of the 22nd Street station with minor modifications, consists of less excavation due to the single um, diameter TBM. However, it would also have the most surface level construction impacts and require a lengthy disruption to Caltrain operations during construction. We are not recommending a preferred alternative through this project initiation study. Such a recommendation will follow through later phases of the project development process. Our recommendation, our recommended action today is to accept this project initiation report. We plan to return to the board with a request this fall to begin a pre-environmental study for the project. The pre-environmental study is intended to further refine the alternative recommendations, um, identify opportunities for cost and risk reduction, and determine an organizational approach for environmental review. This is intended to set the project up for a smooth and speedy environmental clearance process in the future. And with that, um, I'm concluding my presentation and we're happy to address any questions the board may have. Thank you, Deputy Director Waldman. Um, I do not see comments or questions. Uh, and so let's open this up to public comment. I don't see anyone in the chamber. Do we have any remote public comment? Checking for remote public comment on item eight. And a reminder, press star three if you would like to give public comments. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hello again, uh, Chair Mandelman, Commissioners for Enterprise San Jose. So I'd like to very briefly touch on the letter um, that in your packet that uh, highlights uh, potential fire and line and life um, design issues um, impacting the timely evacuation of mobility impaired passengers in an emergency. Um, and 
the letter concludes um, that with a recommendation to drop, drop alternatives A1, B1, and C. The letter also introduces a new alternative known as alternative B3, which was known as DTX South 10 years ago. I will repeat this 10 years ago. This alternative is a hybrid between alternatives B1 and B2 and includes economies of scale in excess of $1 billion. I will repeat, $1 billion. In closing, I hope that you will uh, consider adding this alternative to your evaluation matrix, and let's let the best alternative win. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, um, public comment on this item is closed. Um, staff, do you have anything you wanna add? Nope, good, okay. Um, is there a motion to approve item eight? Moved by Peskin, is there a second? Seconded by Mar. Um, and I think we can take that without objection, same house, same call. And item eight has passed. Um, Madam Clerk, um, could you uh, please call the next item? Item nine, introduction of new items. This is an information item. I do not see any colleagues with new business. So, uh, Madam Clerk, please call item 10. Item 10, general public comment. There appears to be no general public comment in the chamber, so let's check our remote line. Checking for public comment on item 10. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Oh, good morning, commissioners. My name is Richard Rothman, and who's very interested in transportation projects. But I think you should really consider maybe not putting the extension of Prop K on the ballot in November because Prop A, Prop A did not pass. And their own consultant said people were very frustrated uh, with the way MTA operates. And I've worked for the city 26 years. I've dealt with many different departments and I find MTA very frustrating to deal with. Uh, they don't have to answer emails. And, you know, we want safety improvement, and it's just hard to deal with. And I think as a funding agency for MTA, um, you should ask for an audit. And how can we improve public service so we can get safe streets so people feel safely walking across Fulton Street? We've had four uh, pedestrians killed by automobiles in the Richmond in the recent years. And MTA has done absolutely nothing about it. So I hope uh, you would do a deep dive into how we can improve MTA and get the services we need in the city because it's not working at the present time. And I'm afraid if, Prop, if the renewal of Prop K goes on the ballot, it could get defeated again or get defeated just like Prop A got defeated 
and you should analyze why Prop A got defeated and why District 1, 2, uh, 4, 7, 11, and 10 all voted at least less than two-thirds around the low 50% for approving of Prop A. There's a serious problem, and we need to fix this problem. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item 10 is closed. Madam Clerk, please call item 11. Item 11, adjournment. We are adjourned. <laughs>